0: everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. My name is Jonathan Vadua I'm joined as ever by my colleague Steve Wiss. Steve, how are you my friend? We're back.
1: Uh, I've not been so well actually Jonathan unfortunately, just a bit of uh, a cold slash cough. So I may sound a little bit rough on this episode but uh, hanging on in there fella you know as you've got to do sometimes you've got to grind to get to uh, to get these episodes out so um i hope you're doing a bit better than me
0: yeah we've had a we had a week off last week um partly due to different different reasons obviously meat man not been feeling too well but it sounds like hopefully you, you might be on the mend let's see if you can get through the next hour or so and uh you know we, uh, we'll get you get yourself some lemsip and hopefully we'll, we'll be good to go for the next hour but yeah you're battling on um stepping up to the plate as always and on this week's show we're gonna review we've got uh a very tasty title race in Sweden, which we're going to recap. And we're also going to look at Norway, uh, just a few rounds remaining there as well. So we're going to kind of look at all the action in both countries. Obviously, if you, uh, you know, the last episode we had was an exclusive interview with Malmo's new uh, chief scout. So if you haven't listened to that yet, Robin Astorhead, the coach of Varnamo, who's been promoted to Osvenscan, uh, check it out. It was a quite an interesting interview, wasn't it, Steve? We, we had a bit of a shock at the end with the, the sort of spoiler alert. Um, with the new job announcement. But uh, no, it was uh, quite an enjoyable episode and Robin gave some great insights, I thought.
1: He's a man who holds his cards close to his chest, let's just say that. I don't think I'd want to take him on a poker game, Jonathan. But um, Yes, a very insightful interview indeed. And uh, yes, stepping up to the plate, you know. uh, Usually I like a bit of meat on my plate, don't I? But, um, you know, uh, if I'm not smashing them, of course. Um, (laughs) And... (laughs) And then, um, yeah, yeah, some really good stuff to talk about. We're going to start in Sweden, aren't we? Because, um, you know, this there's one match to go now in the Al-Svenskan and um, I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed. I had visions just a few weeks ago of sort of this like four-way title battle on the last day of the season or something or a three-way battle. At least there is still something at stake. It's either Mamo or A-Core, isn't it? But um, I feel like this could have been almost as dramatic as it was a couple of seasons ago, Jonathan. But, um yeah, take us through what's been happening in the last couple of rounds and, and what sort of stage we're at now.
0: Yeah, so the title race has unravelled this past weekend. We've got one game left now in, in, in Sweden. We've played 29. And um, as it stands, Malmo are top of the league now, of course. Uh, we had a four-way battle at one point, didn't we, and in the last few rounds. It's kind of been a case of teams maybe not quite grabbing onto it. I saw a tweet uh, from one of our followers on Twitter, at Nordic NordicFootball, saying, You know, who actually wants this title race? Who wants to who wants to win this league this season? Because, you know, teams left, right and centre keep dropping points. Um, Even Malmo themselves have dropped points. You know, they had chances to go well clear and kind of drop points consistently in their most recent game before the last one. They drew two all with Hacken when they had a, a really good chance to take the initiative. And you thought, oh, maybe they've thrown it away this time. But every team just hasn't really been able to take the initiative at one at one point or another. So, um, yeah, I mean, the last time we spoke, I think we've had two rounds since then. Um, obviously, the international break, we had that, and then last week's games, um, the, the key results in terms of the title race Malmo drew with Hacken 2 0 um, Elsborg won at Hamstad 1 0. Uh, Varberg's uh, lost at home to ARK 1 0, that kept ARK in the race, and Jurgaiden dropped points against shopping. That was a game I watched, and uh, you know, it was a good end to end game, but uh, nor shopping kind of uh, so you kind of threw it away Alec benro um scoring a goal to kind of knock Diff's title hopes at that point um but then got even worse this this round just gone so uh yeah just going to recap the scores for you from this this round that's been a really really eventful one dagger four nor shopping one your garden two vibe boys three so your garden really we'll talk about them in a minute but really looks like they've kind of bottled it to be honest Core 4 Oftastunds nil uh, Halmstad nil hammerby nil Kalmar uh, nil Malmö 1 a last minute goal from Joe Burger in the last uh, 2 88th minute um to pretty much put Malmö top and in, in the driving seat for the title race uh then tonight monday we've had Elfsborg 2 AIK 4 this was a crazy game which we'll talk about in a minute uh, Sirius 3 Hacken nil and Mjällby nil already relegated Orebro nil so that leaves the top of the table at this moment in time With Malmo, 58 points, 29 games played. AIK, 56 points, 29 games played. Jurgarden 54 points, 29 games played. And Elsborg, 52 points. So, obviously, two points separating each team. And that means with one game to go, there's only two teams now who can win this title. It's either Malmo or AIK.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, let's start with that Jurgarden game against Varberg because I can actually contribute here as well because I watched this game. And I've got a few nasty things to say about certain players actually to be honest with you jonathan here um but um you're going to warburg three i mean i i looked at this and i thought that this was going to be a fairly routine home win but um they i thought diff were incredibly disappointing in this game like nothing both ends of the fields they were terrible they they looked slack they didn't embrace the occasion I don't know whether this kind of followed on from la- the last round where they drew against Norshipping and the, the kind of the title destiny came out of their own hands. And maybe it was like a hangover from that. But, you know, you can lose it. Anyone can lose a game of football. You know, you can be unlucky. Um, you can give it your all and you can come out with no regrets. But I think they'll come out of that with a lot of regrets from what I saw there. Um, we talked off air and you kind of said, it, in a way, it didn't surprise you because... You suspected all along that they're perhaps frauds
0: this season. Yeah, they bottled it. I mean, that's the bottom line of this uh, season for Eurogarden. That they, they they've gone into this game knowing that if they'd have won, they'd be right up there. You know, uh, with one game left to to win the title. You know, if they'd have got three points, they'd be one point behind Malmo. Of course, um, Malmo would still be in the driving seat, but at least Jurgen would have given themselves a chance. You know, at home to uh, a team like Varberg Boys, who so, by the way have had quite a good season. We're not talked about them too much, Varberg, but uh, all in all. You know they've had a decent season and they capped it off really. This secured obviously their safety as well. Going to a big team like Jurgen away from home and winning three two. The game was you know I totally agree with you really in terms of the way they approached the game. Jurgen just a poor poor game really. Um, you know they 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 went one 0 down as a set piece. Uh, Johansson with a header from a corner, and then obviously Magnus Eriksson missed the penalty. Um, they managed to get back into it just after half time. Chilufya with a goal. And then you know Ryan Moon and Alvin Wimbo made it three one just after halftime on the 62nd minute to Varberg, and uh, you know the Garden fans at this point were going mad. at you know, their, their players on the pitch, um, they managed to get a very late goal, Joel Sorrow to make it three two. But even with four or five minutes stoppage time, they couldn't quite get the equaliser. And and really, you know, an equaliser wouldn't have really done too much anyway to to, to save them. To be honest, um, a extremely disappointing result. Really, a lot of um. I think, generally speaking, a lot of a lot of mistakes, you know, a lot of mistakes not only in this game but throughout the season. Really, they've never quite been good enough defensively, and they've never quite been good enough going forward. I think to to really um, sort of make make themselves champions. It has been a season like like, like some people, you know, um, like they, like some people said, you know, on Twitter that I saw some tweets saying, you know, they've kind of, no one's really wanted to win this league, and it has been that kind of season, to be honest, in terms of. Um, the way the way teams have played to a certain extent, you have kind of always looked like they they never quite wanted to grab the ball by the horns. You know, there's been certain games they've they've got themselves back into it, and then you know they kind of kind of bottled it. To be honest, at, at certain times, um, their head joint head coach came out Thomas Largillot after the game and said, you know, we've been punished severely. I feel an incredible disappointment over the result. Uh, we've conceded two goals from corners and had far too little influence going forward, and and that really. Sums it all up to be, and it's not good enough from set pieces, not good enough in attack. Um, and he said, you know, when it was, he was most disappointed with what happened at one all. He said, the biggest disappointment was when we handled the situation at one all. We made five or six terrible decisions. We gave away cheap free kicks, throw ins, and we let Varberg have peace and quiet. Um, so he said, you know, he's, he's congratulated the players giving it their all, but at the end of the day, he's deeply disappointed. And, and really, that, that's the case. You know, once they got back into it at one all, didn't really offer much and in fact it was quite easy for Weiberg. I thought you know Vyborg have have been pretty good this season overall but they're the kind of team you've got to be beating if you if you want to win a title you know they're ninth in the league which I think is really impressive they're one point behind course, so it's not looking like maybe you know I mentioned that in the previous show saying it would be embarrassing for EF Core to finish below Vyborg but looks like that might not happen now but you know if you look at Efko um Weiburg's last three games they've been a, a quite decent barometer for the title title race Um, Their last three games have been and AIK, and Ellsborg. They got a point away to Ellsborg, which is a very good point, by the way. Um, Then they lost at home to AIK, narrowly 1 0. Nabil Bahoui with a goal. And then obviously they've beaten Jurgarden away. They also drew with um, Malmo at home in October. So that kind of, you know, they've had, they've played all the big boys in the last sort of six rounds. So they've they've given themselves a real good go over. They also got a draw at Kalmar. So, you know, they've been in good form, um, Varberg. but uh, this is the sort of game where you're going to have thrown away the title.
1: As to I say, I was very disappointed in um, a couple of their players and the normally very reliable uh, Magnus Eriksen. He, he had a shocker, to be honest with you, Jonathan. He, this is a man who has, at times in the past, really stood, stood up to be counted, to be fair to him. And you'd expect at this stage of the season, you know, someone like that leads by example. But he missed the penalty. I thought his board distribution was terrible. He's, he's, he's on a lot of the set pieces and there were terrible balls in. Like, he had a really big off day. And then the lad up front, um, Keller Holmberg. And to be honest, I've looked at his stats this season. What What's his actual role? Because he's listed as a striker. Whether or not he plays there all the time, I'm not sure. But he's only scored two goals this season. I and mean, that's not good enough, is it, if you want to be up there challenging for titles really and winning titles you need a goal scorer who's more effective than that even if sort of his role is more support duty so I was really disappointed in them two players but I think the whole apart from Chillioufa who sometimes the tactics seem to be just get the ball to Chillioufa and hope something happens apart from him I didn't really think anyone else had a particularly good game for, for Jurgen. brutally honest with you
0: yeah and I think your assessment is spot on and that's the thing with Jurgen; they're, they're not really um It's a weird one because if you look at their expected goals, they're actually way above um, a a team like AIK who are going to go into the last game of the season, knowing they can maybe just an outside chance of winning the title. But, you know, your gardens expected goals, 52, they scored 45 and it's way behind the hammer being second in the league. Um, Well, not way behind, but, you know, just behind them and way behind Malmo who've got 62 XG. And I think that's really the, Probably, you know, we're looking. At, let's be honest, Malmö probably going to win the title. They got Halmstad at home last game of the season. They, you know, even a draw is probably going to be enough. Um, and really, that, that's that's the difference. And you know, we've we've talked about this on this podcast quite a while, haven't we? You know, you've asked me so many times who will win the league, and I've been pretty consistent to say Malmö. When in previous seasons I've always i always I've always gone against them. To be honest, this season I've just felt that they've just got too much going forward to not, when it counts, make it happen. You know the Champions League's been a bit of a distraction for them. In the group stages, you know, they've they they found it tough. I think at times too, to um, come back from that. They, they, you know, their form hasn't been great. But when you compare them to to Jurgen, I just think I just think Jurgen lacks some, some some clutch players. If you know what I mean, they they, they, they you, you bang on about the likes of Kelly Holmberg and and Ericsson. Don't I mean? Don't get me wrong. He's had a, he's had a good season. All all things considered, um, I know that you know. He, I know he's flattered in this game. I mean, that was a big penalty miss, really, isn't it? But I, I don't think the blame will fall on him. You know, he's one of the top assist providers. Well, he is the top assist provider in the league this season. The 31 year old, but uh, I, I definitely think that you know, you can you can make an argument that a lot of their players. You know, when you look at the XG and that kind of thing, when you look at goals scored, I mean, there's no there's no Jurgen player. I don't think in the in the top 10 top scorers in the league. So, you know. That 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 tells you everything really. I think, you know, you, I think the top scorer is Shelufia with seven goals. Um and, and really that that tells you a lot. Kalle Homberg, I don't think he's had a fantastic season really. Um, never I'll be honest, I've never quite been convinced by him. I think he's a decent player to a certain level, but is he gonna win you a league title? I'm I'm not entirely convinced. Um, you know, he's obviously played in Nor shopping before as well in the past. You know, he's been a decent player, don't get me wrong, but can you hang a hat on him? I'm 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 not I'm not too sure if I'm being totally honest. So I definitely would agree with you on that. And I think there's been certain players in the in the, in the team this season, like Joel Lesoro, You know, he's not contributed enough goals. I, I wrote about him before the season on Wiseguy. I'd said he could be one of the big best signings of the season. Don't forget, he played at Swansea, he played at Sunderland. He's been a big player. Um, you know, highly rated when he left Sweden in the first place. Came back, and it, you know, everyone thought this would be his year. Again, I don't think. I think he's got two league goals, three league goals. So you know, it's really not worked out for him. And I think that's really where it's fallen down for them. I really think losing Whitchery mid-season was a massive blow as well. Um, Just for their all-round game, I think they've not really got over that. Obviously, he went on to to the Netherlands, got sold on. He's been a fantastic player uh, in the offence over the years. He was probably a key man in them winning the league two years ago. And I don't think they've quite replaced him, really. They've got Elliot Sheck on the other side, but I think they lost a bit of balance with him going right back. You know, he's the Trent Alexander-Arnold, I always say, of of the league. And he's left. And I don't think they've really recovered from that. And it kind of bears out when you look at how they've done the second half of the season. You know, they've struggled in, in a lot of games, really, when they should have won. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, you are toast. Um, and it's a disappointing end to the season for them, really. Don't forget, they, you know, they lost to AIK um, in October. Then they lost against uh, Elsborg 3-0 at home. You know, lost 3-0 against EFK Jotterborg as well. So, really, they have kind of bottled this uh, this race, I have to say. And... Uh, they've had their chances to kind of keep in it, but they just haven't been able to.
1: Yeah, I think they've obviously come up short when the crunch and the pressure's really on, isn't it? But but uh, I mean, yeah, just look at that Holmberg stats: two goals, four assists. You know, a, a strikers, for me, they can't always be judged on goals, but that's not good enough, is it? It's like a, a shit Emil Heskey or something, isn't it? You know, with those sort of stats. Obviously, it was a, a great result for Malmo fans and uh, Aikor fans, and there was something that interesting that caught my eye. That uh, this was before even I caught played against Elvesborg. and it was like some group of Ikor fans uh, are so pleased with Varberg getting the result that they're willing to pay um, towards the Varberg Christmas party this year, which was which I found intriguing.
0: Yeah, this is a brilliant story, and it just sort of sums up uh, why we love <laughs> why we love Swedish football to a certain extent. Uh, there's a lot of you know what there's a lot of shit in this league in terms of fans they, they, you know there's a real there is a real enmity between like the stockholm clubs they, they really don't like each other and they absolutely love rubbing it in um and this was confirmed in in, in the game just gone obviously um what basically happened is because Varberg beat Varberg's uh, reward for basically beating and ARK's big rivals and knocking them out of the title race uh has been um a massive financing of Aik fans for for Warburg's party, as he mentioned. Um, basically, Aik supporters wrote on Varberg's official Twitter account. Uh, there's this thing in Sweden, actually. It's, it's a quite interesting. One, if you're in England, and you, you might have never heard about this, it's called Swish. And basically, Swish is like when you can just you can just wire people money, you know, instantly through your phone. So, like I could say to you, Stevie, you know, going it, I could Swish you right now on your on your mobile, and say, go and get yourself some beers or something. I could send you like ten pounds or whatever. And um, AIK fans basically wrote to Varberg and said, You know, we're gonna swish you uh, some money for for uh, you to celebrate beating your garden and knocking him out of the title race. Um, one AIK supporter started this and they actually raised 55,000 uh, Swedish krona, which is about five six grand. Um, so basically, uh, they they sent a message later saying, uh, one of the players actually, uh, Varberg's captain wrote saying. You know um we invite everybody to this party you know he announced how much they'd raised at that time it was 35 sek which is about three grand and now it's in total past 55 grand so uh yeah H- uh, Hampus Sackerson came out as well on twitter and said how much money they've made and uh, he said uh, linda the captain said it's brilliant it's super we're very grateful we did not have much before this so we had planned a trip to gothenburg uh, after the last match to have a little dinner but i'm sure now we might even go a little bit further away um, it's very good. that It's very charming that the El can works in this way. So, um, yeah, going to be a, a serious party of Varbo boys uh, paid for by AOK fans. So, uh, yeah, that's how happy they are that they've knocked out their big rivals, Gun.
1: They can get some good balls of champers with that, can't they? And, <laughs> uh, and all that lot as well. So, um, you know, fair play. But it, it, there is a lot of shit shithousery in this league, isn't there? I must say. It always seems to happen. In Stockholm, really, isn't it? It's, just, it's just, They really hate each other. But um yeah, so the Jorgarten drop points, um, as I opened the door for Malmo, they knew they could go four clear of Jorgarten, um, and knock them out of the race if they beat Kalmar. And they did just one goal to nil. I was watching this game. I was hoping they they wouldn't win because I want it to be a really close title race, John. So I was kind of gutted to see Joe Inger of all players, someone I've never really rated <laughs> myself. Um but um, I mean, I didn't think they had a great second half to be honest, Malmo. But they just one good finish was was the difference here. But um, there was also a missed penalty in this game. Cholak missed a penalty very early on, but um, they found a way to get the win, didn't they?
0: Yeah, funny enough, I was watching this game and I, th- I was thinking to myself, this is the sort of game you're you're going to hate. Um, oh, a Bergit winner in the 88th minute to basically hand Malmo the title. I thought, like, who 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 else? Could it be, but, but I get to uh, rub it in your face in terms of, I remember you saying you, you don't rate him in the past and you've never been quite a fan of him, have you? But he's a uh, listen, he's stepped up massively in this game. Uh, Kalmar, Kalmar, be honest, they've been a really, really good side this season. I think you could argue they're one of the best teams in the league this season in terms of just their all round improvement has been r- remarkable. Um, you know, they're, they're in the top six kind of thing and they've just done so well to, to get themselves. Um, you know, in the top six from considering they were in the relegation playoff last season. You know, they, they've had a massive improvement under Henrik Rees, Drummond, and um, they really held their own in this game. It didn't, I wasn't sure how this game would go. You know, I, I was thinking, "Will Mama just step it up. But Calma is not an easy place to go now, I have to say. You know, they're the best team in the league in terms of um, passes completed. They've completed the most passes of anyone in, in, in the league. Possession-wise as well, they're very, very good you know uh, i think they've had the i think the highest in the league for ball possession or one of the highest um so sorry yeah top three uh in the league for ball possession according to wide scout data so you know they're, they've completely changed their game style and malmo found it quite difficult to deal with but uh, as you've mentioned there yeah uh a last minute uh well 88th minute goal during Gaberg did did well actually it was a good good sort of finish he got across the the post um Cholak missed the penalty choilette's been criticized a little bit in recent weeks so um Yes, yeah, an interesting one. Let's see what he does in the last game of the season. But uh, at this moment in time, Joey is the is the massive hero. And Malmo, you know, they've been really, really grateful to uh, obviously Varberg and others as well. But uh, it looks like now they've got it over the line. They've got Hamstad last game of the season now. Halmstad are you know, the ultimate kind of um, the ultimate spoilers. Let's put it that way. So could they maybe hope for a nil-nil draw? Maybe, but even then, Aik would need to win you know, they've got a significantly worse goal difference. so They need to win sort of, I think, seven or eight nil to even if if, if there's a draw there. So it's looking like the title is really pretty much wrapped up for Marmo and, uh, yeah, they've not made it easy at all.
1: Honestly, I think, I look. I've really feel in football, you need a bit of luck sometimes. and I was watching a lot of matches on Sunday afternoon across world football and there was some all sorts of bullshit going on, mate. There really was. The amount of undeserved results that I saw on Sunday afternoon was mental. But I'm not saying Malmo didn't deserve the win here. I think actually a draw would have been fair. But literally, two or three minutes before the goal, Kalmar smashed the bar. Do you remember it? It was, um, it, it, the ball came down just the wrong side of the line. It could have gone anywhere. If that ball goes in the back of the net, suddenly the title destiny is in AIK's, AIK's hands. And Malmo I'm, I'm that good a side this year? I'm not sure. Is the manager that, that great? I feel like, they're the best. They're the best team, but I feel like they're lucky that there hasn't been another side that's really took the ball by the horns. If you know what I mean. If they were up against um, a, a good sort of really strong machine sort of side like the AIK side that won the league that year, the Diff side, even the Hammerby side, which was so free flowing, they wouldn't. Have won, they wouldn't win this title. They still might not. But um, I feel like these the other teams that have kind of failed, you know, in in this title race a bit.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Um, the the bottom line is, uh, the, the other teams have, have the other teams have had chances and, and have not taken it. I mean, Malmo have Malmo are the best team ultimately. I think, and, and yeah. you know that's been my, my rationale. You know, they've got the best, they've got the best squad, they've got the biggest squad. You know, they they were able to reinforce in the summer. They bought some decent players in, like Pena. You know, they, they spent good money on Bermedsevic and 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 obviously they got Choylac on loan. Uh, you know, they've got the Champions League money now as well with, with that incredible run. So let's see where they go. They've obviously just brought in Varnamos. Um, you know, manager basically who's going to be their chief scout now. So, you know, uh, Andreas Gorgson's come back from Arsenal to, to sort of be one of their main men behind the scenes. So, you know, they behind the scenes, they are working towards building Malmo into a massive force. Um, and this has been the year where maybe someone could have caught them. I mean, it's not over yet. AIK could do it, but it's going to take huge. It's going to be, you know, let's face it. I mean, it'll be the shock of the century if Hamstead goes to Malmo win. Um, let's be honest, but. At the same time, Hamstad Halm- have got to, uh, got to worry about themselves in the relegation battle, so they have got an incentive to go there and, and spoil it. But it's just can they do it? Listen, I know you. I know in your old age you're getting a bit cynical these days, and you know you've said a few times this season you, you've been not been the biggest of dreamers. Obviously the Glimp Roma game and other, other times like that. But listen, there's been there have been some upsets this season. Um, let's not forget that. So you never know. You just never know. EF Ytterbäck went to Malmö and won. Mjallby went to Malmö and won. So you know, Meowby and Hampstead are quite similar t- teams in terms of style. Very organized, compact. Weiberg Boys got a draw with Malmö, you know. So Hacken got a draw last weekend away to Malmö. So the home record isn't actually the best. So you never know. But uh, even Östersund's got a point at Malmö. So you never know. But yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest, it's going to be very difficult for them. But uh, no, I really think that I really think this was the year that Malmö could have. Um, uh, so it could have been caught by somebody, um, and just on that point, just to finalise that point, you mentioned there about the, ma- the manager and things like that. That behind the scenes, there are little whispers in the media at the moment in Sweden that Yonder um, Thomason's job might actually be secure. You might be under a little bit of pressure. Really, been, been disappointment about the Champions mm. League, um, the way they kind of they didn't score until the final. I think the final, you know, the last round just gone. Um, some quite lacklustre displays against the likes of Zenit as well as you know Juventus and. Um, Chelsea, obviously, Venter's not having a great season. So, you know, I think Malmo have been a little bit disappointing in the, in the Champions League, despite doing so well to get there. And just in the league as well, I think there's a feeling like, could this maybe be the end of Thomas at the end of the season? Watch this space, I think, on that one.
1: Whenever I watch them, they never really strike me as being that great. And he doesn't strike me as being that great of a manager. I'd be being a bit harsh there with him. But I mean, I often see them referred to as like set-piece FC and things like that, which in itself, you know, you can't underestimate set-pieces, but it doesn't surprise me that you, you do say that, that maybe there's a few murmurs of, of discontent, but he he could have been celebrating a second straight league title if Elfsborg AIK had ended a draw on Monday evening. One of those teams had to win to keep the title mathematically alive and realistically it had to be AIK really to have any sort of feasible opportunity. They did win in a, in a wild game, uh, four goals to two win, they twice come from behind. And, um, you know, fair play to them, not just in terms of the title race here, but, you know, their second place is now in their hands as well. You know, don't underestimate that. And if they lost this, they probably wouldn't even qualify for Europe, would they? So really big win for Aikor.
0: Yeah, this is a brilliant game, by the way. Uh, one of the games of the season, I think, um, you know, we, we went into the game knowing, you know, this is like, whoever loses, if it was a draw, by the way, Malmo will be champions. So we had that in mind already. Um, both teams knew that whoever loses is basically out of the title race. So, uh, you know, it was really, it was really nicely set up. You know, there was, uh, before the game, there was a bit of a delay with f- flares and things like that. And, you know, Osborne, was, it's quite a tight little atmosphere, actually. It's a, it's a stadium I've never been to, but I'm quite keen to go to Osborne one day. It's not too far from Gothenburg. Um, and, Obviously, AIK went down there with their with their fans. You know, they're always well supported. AIK, and um, yeah, it was a really really exciting game. Obviously, uh, Elfsborg started brilliantly. To be honest, they, they they looked really really good in the first half. I I thought this could even they could even run away with it. You know, AIK are not a bad side uh, defensively. One of the best teams defensively in the league, but uh, Elfsborg just just kind of were in control of it at the beginning. You know, um, Rasmus Sam got two goals. He scored an absolute belter first goal. Uh, then they conceded a, corner, a goal from a corner, now be able to And then um, just before half-time, a lovely little move with him and uh, Pair Frick. And um, you thought to yourself, wow, this is, you know, half-time. This, this could this could be quite embarrassing for AIK. Maybe they're going to have to claim the money back from Varberg to, to to sort of, you know, get themselves home. Um, but but uh, second half, they, they really switched it on. Uh, and their manager Bartosz has come out after the game and, and he's praised how well they've done um, after the match. Rogic scored in the 54th minute. And then Stefanelli always talked about Stefanelli and I've always said there's a player in there somewhere uh ever since I saw him in Gothenburg uh, I remember that game I think they beat Hacken 6-1 away and I was at that game and Stefanelli was really good and I've always thought he's like a sort of Osvenskan kind Aguero of if you can just get if you can just get the best out of him he's got he's got some talent but he's never quite clicked with it but he scored two huge goals in this game um to basically turn it around and, and knock Elsborg out of the out of the title race um it means now that obviously as we said you know okay have got a slim chance two points behind you never know um obviously their final game is at home to Sirius you had who had a good result this evening by the way back to the hakan um but um you'd think that they should be able to see off sirius and then uh, you know wait for the result in that uh, final game between malmo and Halmstad.
1: yeah i mean i saw the the third goal some very questionable goalkeeping wasn't it but um the fans, everywhere they go, I call that they take an unbelievable number of fans. You know, I may be right or maybe wrong here. They, they almost seem like the best supported club in the country at times, the way they, they, they pack their numbers in away grounds. It's, it's that must be such a big thing for the players, really, that mm-hmm. they, um, you know, do that. But I mean, fair play to them. And uh, I mean, I certainly never thought they would be the team that could, could beat Malmo the last game of the season. So, you know. They've done that, and they've um, disappointed for Oldsburg. I must say they've been great this year, haven't they? But uh, maybe that injury to Johan Larsson was, was such a big loss for them in the first half. He's a, he's a key man, isn't he? But um, yeah,
0: massive. That was a massive loss. I mean, he went yeah. off injured, and it uh, completely changed the complex, complexion of the game. Don't forget they've already got Simon Strand as well, who, who wasn't in the game. Uh, Aik had Seb Larsen suspended, but uh, you know, at, at end of the day, um, that that was a massive blow for uh, for. For um, Elsborg Larsen going off. Uh, he's in hospital, I think, as well. So don't know how, if that might be the Oof. end of his season. But um, yeah, it's a, you know, end of the day, one, one thing you've got to say about uh, hey, ARK, okay, it's been a great season for them. I think, they, you know, no one expected them to win the title. No one expected them to be anywhere near it, in fact. So I, I really think that they've, um, under Greslak, they've really shown themselves this season as, 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 a, as a, a big club again, if you know what I mean. You know, they, don't forget they had a really poor season last season um, before Greslak came in. And uh, I think they've reclaimed themselves a little bit, restored a little bit of pride. Uh, and obviously, they'll go into the last game hoping they can maybe sneak, sneak that gold medal, which is not out of the question.
1: There's an I call legend who is going to be hanging up his boots, I do believe, Jonathan, before we move on. Um, tell us a bit more about this.
0: Yeah, big news that came out just before the game, actually. So it was interesting timing. I don't know if it was maybe because, I don't know, maybe they wanted to G them up or... or I'm not entirely sure why they announced it so so close to the game starting. Maybe they, I don't know. I can't really speculate on that one. But yeah, but it was announced on um, ARK's like uh, websites and cha- social media channels that uh, Henok Goyton will be retiring at the end of uh, this season. Maybe it's because he didn't start. You know, maybe they wanted to sort of give a re you know, make it official because obviously he's not got long left now. Um, they've described him as one of ARK's greatest ever players. Uh, And they've said that his playing career will be over, but where one journey ends, another will begin. Um, It's been announced that he will stay at the club. He'll be an assistant manager for the under-19s starting in 2022. He's 37 now. Uh, And I've often said about AIK, you know, that you do sometimes think about them up front. They're a little bit one-paced at times. And, and, you know, bless him, Goitem, you know, at 37 years old, you know, kind of contributes to that in a way. Um, But there's absolutely no doubt about it. He's an absolute club legend. Um, multiple title winner, uh, a captain. He's 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 done everything really, you know. Um, and you know, sports manager Hen- Henrik Karelius came out and said, "We we thank him for the time and energy he's put into Aik during all these years. He's a natural leader, on and off the pitch. Um, he's represented the club in an exemplary way, uh, with fantastic efforts and goals. He's a gold hero who sem- symbolises what Aik stands for. Um, they obviously want to keep him around because he's you know, I think he's really influential and and, and obviously." Um, I think I'm right in saying he has a kind of a, a, some Somali background, and and it, obviously he's played in different clubs. Played at Getafe, he's played at San Jose Earthquakes, Valladolid, Almeria. You know, he's been around the block, um, and uh, he's been a he's been a real legend, I think, of of A. K. Joined in 2012, um, he scored I think 99 goals in 292 games, and obviously he's won the title and that kind of thing. So a uh, a real real legend of this football club. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, with a Somali background, you know, obviously it's sometimes in football and culturally kind of ha- giving a player like that the captain's armband is, is, is something that can sometimes be, you know, maybe questioned for whatever reason. But um, I think I don't think there's anyone who could represent ARK in, in a better way. And it's really nice to see just how well considered he is by the club and the leadership role he's, he's taken in. So, uh, no, really, um, he's, a, he's a legend. It's someone I'd like to get on the podcast one day. I think he'd have some great stories. So uh, maybe now his, his feet are up, he can uh, open up to us and talk to us. But, yeah, really a legend of the club.
1: Yes, we wish him all the best after he hangs up his boots. But, um, yeah, down the bottom of the table then, Jonathan, because it's still things are not completely decided here. Um, Certain sides have now confirmed their official safety. We've got Helmstrand, Degafors on 31 points each. I mean, that's unlucky in itself, isn't it? Usually 31 points. That's automatic survival, really, isn't it? I can't think of many seasons where you'd get that amount and, and still be in potentially trouble. But um, you know, it's one of them two is going to be in the in the playoff now. Hamstead do have a better goal difference, but they got the far tougher fixture, obviously against Malmö. If they beat Malmö, they will be safe. Um, but that's fair to say, unless Degerfors win something like ten nil against Östersunds, which I guess we can't really rule out the form that Östersunds have had this season. But um, definitely, Degerfors have the the easier game, don't they? And and they they really they sprung a win out of nowhere, out of thin air, it seems. That 4 1 against North
0: Shipping, I, I never saw that coming. Yeah, I have to say, um, the first half of the Degaforce North Shipping game is, is probably the worst I've seen any team play this season in any game um, in Oswald's Norshipping North Shipping were absolutely hopeless. I, I, I can't stress it enough how bad they were. I mean, horrendous from every aspect you want to think of. Second balls, set pieces, just defensively, just basic things. I mean, one of the goals, Steve, they've literally just let uh, Degrefour's centre-back run through the middle of the park and just absolutely clatter one into the top corner. It's unbelievable. Um, the goal scored by Oliver Ekroff just in half-time to make it 4-0. Um, conceding penalties, his first goal was a penalty. Johan bertilson uh, he got two goals. Axel Lindahl, you know, they restored a little bit of pride towards the end of that that consolation goal build. By then it was already too late. Carl Bjork, uh, you know, restored a... The deficit a little bit but to be honest they've been they've been absolutely hor- they were absolutely horrendous no shopping and i think it was an embarrassment to be honest of a game for them uh, it says a lot about the mentality of the club really in my opinion i, I thought they were awful but uh, you know don't forget degerfors had lost four straight games going into this match um so maybe no wonder their twitter account was going crazy i mean they, they they posted a picture of them dancing um they posted them like drinking i think there was like a meme or something drinking beer um you know, they, they, obviously they knew if they lost that game they relegated. So, you know, I think they, they were buzzing just to sort of still be in the league, really. Um, but uh, you know, there's still a job to do, really, because they're still in that relegation zone. Obviously, Hamston managed to get a, a classic standard nil-nil. Um, Drew with Hammerby at home. And so they've got a slight edge, but of course, as you've mentioned there, they've got they've got a much harder game. Um it's gonna be a real test for Degafors. Like you said, they've got a fairly easy match away to Ostersund should win that, or you'd think they're going to give it a good go. But um, it's going to go down to the wire, really. You know, it's going to go down to the wire. The bigger game, obviously, is what... The bigger question is, what can Halmstad do away to Malmo? Can they spoil the party? And uh, that's going to be an interesting game. Part of you thinks, well, it'd be an easy win for Malmo, but if there's one story that we've talked about a lot this season, Steve, on this podcast, it's how Halmstad have just managed to kind of just shit house a lot of teams, haven't they? They've had so many draws; it's incredible. Um, Can they just pull out one more, maybe draw or upset? Uh, don't forget, they've won at they've won at Hamstad. Um, so you know they have had a couple of big wins. They've won at Hacken. They did beat AOK at home as well. So do they just have one more big result in them? Who knows?
1: Well, they don't do entertainment, do they? Um Twenty four. Out of 29 matches, have ended with under two and a half goals, which I mean, I'm, that's a staggering stat, isn't it? But um, they've only lost, only lost ten times, and Degerfors have had 16 defeats. But you've got to say Degerfors are the side that are in the um, they're in the driving seat, aren't they? A draw might be probably be enough for Degerfors. You'd expect Malmo to actually beat Hamstead, wouldn't you? I suppose. But um, I, I guess my question to you is: whoever does end up in this playoff position. Would you fancy them to get the job done and, and survive? Usually, I mean, I think it can be a bit of a mixed bag, can't it? But usually the side in the Alstom does have enough to, to stay up.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, we know we know that Super Retton's finished now. We know Värnamo have gone up and we know that, um, of course, uh, Helsingborg will be in the playoff. Um, we, know, we know the full table now in the Super And it's a great question, you know, can either of these teams beat Helsingborg? I think that's a kind of remains to be seen it's quite hard to say I think it's um, difficult to say I think that Helsingborg are a decent side I've not I mean I'll be honest I haven't seen a huge amount of them the games I've seen they haven't been incredible but they've got van der Herke up front who's a proper player shouldn't shouldn't be anywhere near Super Retting, in my opinion uh, I can't believe he stayed for the full season but I know he was on quite a good contract so clearly you know maybe no one wanted to pay the money uh, he had a lot of those fans getting interest so you know it's clearly been a case of no one no one bid for him um and when you've got a top striker in your in your ranks you know Degafor's obviously have got Edwardson so maybe it'll be one of those two who 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 looks to down the other one. Halmstad on the other hand maybe they'll look for their defence. So it's, it's a bit up in the air at the moment. So it's really hard to say but you know we know that Helsingborg got a big club they'll be well supported and it's it's gonna be a tough game for either uh Halmstad or Degafors whoever whoever takes that last spot. Um, the other just little tidbit of information there on that one, obviously Geis. Um, I mentioned it, um, I think a few weeks back on the podcast. They they are confirmed in the relegation playoff now. They'll play Dalgaard, and obviously the win, the loser of that goes down to the third division. And uh, the thing I find incredible is obviously Falkenberg as well, back to back relegations now. Just shows you how if you if you fall out of Spence can you can really tumble at times. Um, you know, Borremose can have done it in the past. You worry will it happen to Ostersons and. And obviously, um, in this case, you've got the case of Falkenberg. You know, they remember that last day of the season survival? It's all gone pear-shaped since then they fall, finished bottom of Os- of the Super Etten. Um So they'll now play next season in, in the third tier, which is, is incredible. Uh, and uh, final bit on that as well. By the way, congratulations to Gif Sundsvall. They are back, um, finished second, and they will play in Osvenson again, again next season. So uh, welcome back to the northern lights of uh, Gif Sundsvall.
1: Yeah, well done, Gif. I-, I have a bit of a soft spot for them, actually. I do like them. Um we once had a famous episode named after him as well, which was one of my favourite titles. <laughs> but this might be one of the few seasons where the, um, the Super Retton team probably goes into the playoff as favourite, whoever it may be, Helsingborg, big club, big reputation. And it, it, I just noticed they actually came back from 2-0 down to get the draw they needed. Scored with six minutes to go, um, otherwise they wouldn't even be in this playoff. So, uh,
0: Yeah, that was a massively penalty. massively controversial penalty in that game. Norby were absolutely furious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, 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 the goal to make it to all. Uh, obviously, they finished level on points Norby and Helsingborg. So, if that penalty in I think it was the last 10 minutes hadn't been given, then Norby would have been in the playoff. But um, it was a tricky one. I, you know, For me, it was a 50 50, but uh, Norby, Norby were furious.
1: So, a couple of um, things uh, to tie up here. Um, the teams that are actually safe, including Mialby, um Varberg's just a quick word on how impressed you've been on on some of these sort of unheralded teams that have done really well to completely avoid relegation this season.
0: Yeah, massive praise to Varberg. Uh we don't we haven't talked about them much this season but a uh, pretty consistent record. If they get if they win their last game then it'll be played 30-110 drawn 10 loft 10. So 35 goals 35 scored uh, conceded. So zero goal difference. But uh, yeah, if t- season ends that would be very nice indeed for them. But no they've been a really I think they've been a good addition to to Osvenskan as well, by the way. I think they've got some good players. Um, I think Robin Moon's had a good season. Uh, I like um, certain players like, um, what's his name now? Tashreek Matthews. I think he's been, he's he's improved a lot Uh, at times. You know, they kind of play that defensive. He reminds me of a little bit of like Osvenskan's kind of Rashford. You know, he's very good at breaking the lines. He's very quick on on the counter-attack. A bit like Rashford, his finishing is a little bit uh, wayward at times, but... All in all, he's improving a lot. He's still only young, don't forget as well. Stanisic has done okay. And, uh, we, you know, as I said, we haven't really talked about them a huge amount. And don't forget, they've lost some big players. I mean, one of their players went to your league, didn't they? I think they went to League 2, Dijon, um, for Fafana. So, you know, they had a lot of players sort of uh, leaving and things like that. They had a lot of interest in their players. So, really good season for Joachim Persson's side. And, um, yeah, Mialbi, I mean, we've had the Mialbi manager on, on our last show. So, we are going to give a massive congratulations to Anders Torstensson. He's, he's done the job, came in, and they were looking like they were going down, and they will be on offense again, again next season. So I think everyone at I'll is delighted. So, yeah, really well done to him. And, of course, Sirius have, have uh, secured their safety now with a, a, quite an impressive 3-0 win against Beko Haken. Um, don't know if it's a curse of the Wisecat blog, because I've got a Wisecat blog coming out on uh, Patrick Wallenmark, uh, the Haken player, so keep an eye out for that this week, maybe. But, um, yeah, Ortmark, Mark Zidane and uh yeah, scored for Sirius, and uh, their run, their recent run has been quite good. They picked up seven points from their last three games, and that's that's kept them safe.
1: Yeah, I must say, well done to Mialbi um, on that survival. Anders Torstenson's has done a fantastic job since he came in there. I was, uh, I did one of the, I did enjoy watching Osterson's Mialbi, the snow game the other the other the other week, which uh, oh, yeah. finished about eleven pm I think local time up there. And this, I don't know about you, there's something really exciting about watching matches in the snow. And it doesn't happen very often. But, um, I mean, this was the, the, the guy that scored the first goal celebrated, dived into the snow. And yet some of the, the away fans, they were bare-chested and loving life. And I, I know it was only like a 2-0 a win. It was one of my favourite games to watch this year. But uh, that, that, that effectively got them over the line. And um, you know, we were worried about certain teams this year, weren't we? At certain times serious and that lot. But um they've done it, they've they've all survived automatically to so fair play to them. And uh, just before we finish part one, then Jonathan got to ask you your three predictions for the final round. What are your predictions for the Halmstad game against Malmo, uh, AK against um Sirius and uh Austrasson Oof. I They'll think the
0: Ostersunds, here, are, I? Ostersunds are kind of. Um, I think the, the morale sort of gone there. Really, they looked against against the F. Court. They just looked like they've completely finished. I watched that game, and they just looked like they've got nothing left. To be honest, so I think Degerfors probably win that game. Um, then it's going to be up to Halmstad. I think Malmö. I can't. I just can't see Malmö not winning that. Um, it'll be it'll be the biggest upset in years if they were to bottle this one. Um, but this this you know what? I, one thing I'll say about this, Steve. This season has been a bit weird, like that. And I just wonder if there's one final twist in the tale because it has been that kind of season where when you think, you know, a team's going to win the league, they just bottle it. I mean, there's been so many times this season we've said, oh, yeah, they're going to go on and win it now. You know, te- teams get a bit of momentum and then they, they stumble. And I just wonder if there's one last stumble left. And and there's something about Hamstead this season. I've got to be honest that I just feel like if they got one more story to tell in this season. I, I, really, I really do. I, I don't know why. So listen i'm going to say head's going to say two 0 mama win but I, I i don't know about that I, I really feel like it's worth tuning in for that game because there could be a little twist in the tail uh and aik serious i think aik will get a job done in that game uh, you know they know they've got a win so in front of their fans you know, they've got some seriously good fans with serious now safe and don't forget serious have conceded 49 goals this season so you know they do leak goals a little bit so um i think ARK will beat serious so it's going to come down to that mama house that game which Like I said, I don't know. Stay tuned for that one. I I just, you know, I'll just give you a couple of players. Like Cholak, for example, is starting to get a little bit of criticism. You know, is he going to step up? Bermansiewicz, will he step up? How are they going to get the job done? It should do it, but I don't think you want to miss this game, I'll be honest. I think it's going to be an interesting one. I just
1: imagine Cate Degaforce winning. And then they find out that Hamstad have won. Imagine the poor focus. That, would
0: that would be typical Hamstad this season, wouldn't it? Like, that, that yeah. would be what you'd expect from it. Hal- like, they've been, it's got 21 goals this season. It's, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And then AIK somehow failed to win as well, just to top it off. <laughs> yeah, not,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. That would I mean, just be yeah, that 21 goals
0: this season is mad. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the end
1: of part one. We're going to be talking about Norway in part two. Well, probably a short section than normal because I'm not really up for talking that long my voice as it is but do join us um got a few thoughts on the title race the uh, relegation battle as well and um a couple of other things so uh, stay tuned Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss and I'm with Jonathan Fedugba. Before we do um, talk about the Norwegian uh, we're just one little uh, entry here, which, uh, well, it's kind of a promise that we had. Um, it's regarding the new Barnsley manager, Poya bargie. We did say on the next episode we would uh, talk about him, the ex uh, EF Corps, Yotte Board coach, of course. Um, and I know, apologies for the slight lateness of this, but as like we said, we had a few other things going on last week. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I always remember him for winning the Swedish Cup, um, IFK Gothenburg, Jonathan, um, and that his departure was seen as necessary, but perhaps harsh at the time. So what are your thoughts on on this manager? What have Barnsley got?
0: Yeah, we promised we'd talk about this and obviously now he's already in the job and he's in place and he's had a few games. I think now at Barnsley, he's got his foot under the door and a bit of excitement wasn't there, especially across our Twitter account. People were kind of asking us what, what to expect and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, let's let's cover it. I mean, this was announced um, about 10, 15 days ago now, it's about two weeks roughly, or 10 days. And it was described by, Barn- by uh, the Daily Mirror as one of the most odd appointments in recent memory. Uh, that's how they described it. They said to say his appointment is odd is an understatement. Uh, and they likened this appointment to uh, they actually the table of the m- the most weird um, managerial awarding of jobs. So um, they included Edgar Davids a- at Barnet and uh, they had Dave Hockaday at Leeds, Sammy Hoopier at Brighton. And um, they seem to have put Bargy as up there as one of the strangest uh, managerial appointments in recent times, which I think is, Struck me as a little bit harsh in, in some ways, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's the Daily Mirror, so can maybe take it with a pinch of salt. I, I doubt they watch much Swedish football, let's put it that way. Um, he's a 36 year old, obviously, Iranian um, background as well as as well as Swedish. I think he's the first Iranian, uh, I read saying, to, to manage in, in English football. Um, so a kind of big achievement there for him in that sense. He's a young coach who was at IFK Jotoborg. Uh, now he made his way kind of at Dalka, that was where he had his his, his greatest success in that, in that sense. He kind of He's a very known coach locally, you know, he's very known about having bright ideas, kind of like a, a manager, you know, like Ralph Rennick, obviously, at Manchester United now, where they he's kind of been hired for his ideas, maybe more, more than for his like on field achievements. Um, and when you talk about ideas with Poya Aspargi, it's all about possession, he's got a very clear kind of games, uh, game model based around kind of peer, peer I think, tactical periodization, they call it, I think, and um. We talked about it a lot, didn't we, Steve? I think in the, in the years past when he was at EF Kog that's where he moved to, the, you know, one of the biggest clubs in Sweden after Dalkard. And, and he, he had some decent success there, but also did lose his job. Um, and he won, the, he won the Swedish Cup there, but it was in a sort of a bit of a weird season. It was COVID season when there was no fans. And I think the Swedish Cup was massively affected by that because obviously you've got home advantage. I think there's this, the, the final was played in EF course stadium. So that was one of the things, you know, they had a massive advantage in that sense, um, playing at home with no fans in, in the stadium, you know, their own environment, but um, he still nonetheless, he won it. And his game model is all based around, um, like I said, pure possession. Uh, he, he took a lot of coaches from Gifslundsfell. So Gifslundsfell were a team, we just talked about them in part one, just been promoted again. Now they had a, a group of Spanish coaches who were kind of um, very well known, Ferran Sibler. Um, Barnsley fans will have heard about him because he's joined Poyas Bargi at Barnsley. Now, they kind of implemented that Spanish game model of like passing, moving, tactical possession, that kind of periodization. So he's got very modern ideas as Barca, and I think he'll try and bring them into um, he'll try and bring them into his new club uh, in, in Yorkshire. Obviously, um, his most recent role was Swedish under twenty one manager, but it became quite clear um, the rumours started to, to spread, and obviously we broke. I think we helped break the story. You know, sources in Sweden started saying that he's going to get the job, and, and of course he did, um, replacing Marcus Shot. So I can understand the this, this feeling from the Daily Mirror that it's a bit of a weird appointment in a way. One thing I would say about that is obviously Barnsley's uh, CEO um is a guy called Khalid El Ahmed, and he's actually Swedish as well. And he was uh, at your garden in a in a in an executive role at your garden before. So he'll know Poya inside out, and that's probably where this has come from, in my opinion. Um so he's clearly seen a coach that he likes there and, and probably has looked to you know snatch him from Sweden under twenty-one's noses. So I think, you know, knowing Barnsley, just to to briefly cap off on that one, you know, you look at them at the moment, they're fourth bottom in the league in terms of possession, 45% possession in the championship, obviously really struggling in the league in general. Um, You know, they're kind of fighting relegation now, aren't they? the second bottom of the league. Um, What can we expect from Poyaz Bug? I think he'll come in and he'll really try and improve that possession stat. He'll really try and be a keep ball manager. And I think their recruitment will reflect that. I imagine he'll look for players who can rotate possession and kind of keep the ball and try and implement that game model. The, the big question I had and obviously why he lost his job at EF Core, was kind of, I felt at times they, they became quite sterile in possession. It was kind of like just passing for the sake of it. And they ended up being a, a bit stale EF core in terms of penetration. Now, whether that's because of obviously the lack of players, maybe, you know, they had they've sold a lot of players it, it, over the years, um, EF Core, So it's been difficult for them to maintain the level um, or whether it was obviously just maybe the coaching itself is it, it's a difficult one. And it's quite hard to judge him on his time at EF Core. I think for that reason, you know, it, he did some really good things winning the cup, but then at the same time, Eve have been a bit of an, uh, a crisis club for quite a few years now, as, as we've talked about a lot. So I think it's hard to judge him on that. Dale Curley did really, really well. Swedish under 21s, he wasn't there for that long, and that's more of a long term project it's about youth development. So this job at Barnsley will probably start to define him, I think. I think he is going to be up against it. I think it's going to be a really challenging role. Um, it's not an easy first job, I don't think. You know, you kind of, when you're coming to England, you need a bit of time. And going straight into a relegation battle mid-season, it's going to be very hard to implement your ideas in a 46-game championship season, isn't it? But um, I think the one thing you can say about Poyos Barkley is he's, he's definitely an open-minded, sort of bright young coach who's quite highly rated in Sweden.
1: Yeah, I think it's a tough job, Barnsley, isn't it? Especially when, um, you know, there's been a bit of scepticism about his appointment. That Hockaday to Leeds, by the way, that does have to be the number one weirdest manager, doesn't it? like that was just ridiculous i've got to be honest with you but you know it might be that he he needs um a couple of de-stressing sunday afternoons in the yorkshire dales jonathan um but well i read really that people are getting
0: trapped in the yorkshire dales with the, the snow we have been
1: actually i've got an interesting story for you that the highest pub in england is called the tan hill Inn, and it's up there near um right in the north part of, uh, of yorkshire there was an oasis tribute band playing on friday night and, um, about a hundred guests and half of them ended up having to stay the night in the pub because of massive snow drifts. So yeah, people have been getting trapped, but there's worse places to be trapped than in a pub, isn't
0: there? Yeah, you could say that. I don't know if I'd like to be trapped in the Yorkshire Dales, listen to Oasis on repeat for three days. A <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. In the freezing cold with no, no electricity and no hot water, but, uh, maybe that's just me, but, uh. <laughs> No, look, looking at it, I think one of the most recent games. I think Poyos was in charge for this. They, they played uh, Swansea City. Obviously, lost the game, but in terms of possession, you could see that they well they had twenty two percent possession, which you know that is incredible. So clearly, they're going to try and change that very very quickly, and uh, that'll be the emphasis. You know, pretty general, sure Swansea
1: are mega possession hungry themselves, right? Yeah,
0: that is incredible. Um, but yeah. You know he's changed the system a little bit already. I think he's gone to a four-three-three style in his first couple of games. Um, Barnsley previously, I think, played three-four-three, three-four-two-one type thing. So he's got his ideas in mind and he he knows what he want to do. But uh, yeah, good luck to him because it's going to be. I think that's going to be a quite challenging job. I'll be honest. All right, switching on
1: from the Championship pod here to uh, back to the Nordic football pod, eh? um, and Norway, with two rounds left now in the Elite serian plus the playoffs, of course and we get into the seat there still is a title race on buddha still need four points from the last two games to confirm that they defend the crown and in the bottom of the table um there's still all to play for in terms of the playoff spot um odd could even get sucked into it as well so yeah it's um it's all to play for uh, down in, in norway jonathan and um are you surprised perhaps there's a sort of a neutral look of the buddha to have not yet sealed the title
0: I am surprised, actually. Yeah, I thought it would be done and dusted by now. As you said, there's two games to go. Uh, we've currently got Glimp top 59 points, Molder second 56 points, obviously with two games remaining. Um, Viking third 51 points, so they're out of the title race. But uh, we said it all along. It'll be one of Glimp or Molder. Uh, and I actually tuned in for part of this uh, glimp Rosenborg game, uh, and it was near, near lost it at half-time, and then I kind of uh, drifted away, I'll be honest. But um, it did surprise me that Glimp didn't win this game. I expected them to, to get a good result. Um, what was your analysis of this this game, Stephen? What's your take on Glippe to this moment in time? We do have a question as well, which I'll ask you off.
1: I'll be honest, it was a very poor round of action in Norway. And a lot of it was to do with the pitches. Um, When it's actually snow on a pitch, think of Leicester Watford at the weekend, things like that. I think you can get some really interesting games with goals and random acts happen. But when pitches are, are frozen and slippy, and in the air air condition, you know, the, the, the temperatures, I think in Rusev and Trondheim was about minus seven, minus eight for that game. And you could tell the players just weren't comfortable on the field. And I think it was a good draw for Bodo/Glimt in the end because they've got Bran and Mierndalen left to play, the bottom two teams. Easier said than done, they're battling against the drop. But they just need four points to confirm the title. If they can't get four points out of Bran at home and Mierndalen away, then, well... They don't deserve to be champions again, do they? To be honest. That's even if Mulder win their last two games anyway. But it was a good chance to beat Rosenborg because Rosenborg is sort of a skeleton crew at the minute themselves with tons of injuries. But I actually thought Rosenborg had the slightly better of this game. They probably should have had a penalty uh, for a handball. Um, but um, yeah, I know you have a knack of watching these nil nils in Norway, don't you? But really, you'd have been done well to find someone that wasn't uh, a low scorer at the weekend it was a very disappointing uh, round of action but i think weather condition and pitch condition did not help
0: yeah do you think i mean has the weather affected a lot of the games this weekend you know what i mean is it being because obviously i saw that game and yeah. there was a bit of yeah. snow but i thought glint were passing the ball around quite nicely in, in their own half and honestly i thought they would just kind of um open up reasonable fairly easily but uh yeah was it a round that kind of really was affected by the weather
1: the only two games that were the pitches looked all right was saturday games lillestrom against drums god said odd Valarenga, those two locations were a bit further south. It might be the reason. But also, the day before might have been slightly warmer. I'll be honest, I thought the best-looking pitch for Sunday was actually at Tromso, of all places. Probably because they're used to it up there. And it, it seemed playable. It was still a nil-nil, but I think partly because I think it was minus 11 air temperature in Celsius. I mean, that every single player walk loves. Even the hard man, the Cobra, Zenek Ondrasek wore gloves in this game that's how brutal it was up there um and it's just look, it can happen guy. the weather can really impact you I mean how would you like playing in minus 11 conditions I wouldn't want one I, my gloves would certainly be on let's just say that um but um yeah difficult difficult conditions for uh, all the games really and uh, I don't want to knock the players but it really was, it didn't it didn't attract much
0: quality. Yeah, and moving to the bottom of the league as well. Um, let's talk about Bram because in the relegation battle, there's two games to go. We've got Bram bottom of the table, uh, falling a little bit in recent times, haven't they? Um, Twenty-two points, level with Moundalen, but worse goal difference, um, minus eighteen to minus fourteen. And then you've got Starbeck in the relegation playoff, uh, twenty-five points. with two games remaining, odd, just about, nearly safe. The five points clear of Starbeck. They just need one more point to be to be to be safe. Uh, and then, obviously, Tromzo and Sandefjord are safe now. Uh, where do you see this going with two games of remaining Starbake, Mian Dallin and Bran? Um, and obviously, you know, Bran just looking at the last couple of games. Um, we will talk about this probably next week. But, yeah, Brand have got glimped away and to will at home. So what's been happening there, Bran?
1: Just everything's gone wrong for him, hasn't it, on and off the field this year. But I, I felt a bit sorry for him, to be honest, on Sunday because they lost to Molder 1-0. The, the pitch here was just was bad. It was frozen it was really difficult it was a clearly there wasn't going to be many goals scored in it magnus wolf eikram comes up with the only goal a bit of quality a beautiful curling shot and that just sums up brand doesn't it really they just they've had not much luck go they way this year but you kind of make your own looking in football don't you at times i mean they hit the posts after going one nil down it's just little margins here i said earlier you need a bit of luck, don't you in football sometimes you just do and they haven't had much of it um but i i look at the whole season i'm like how can a club like Brand? This is a big club. You know, they're one of the few teams sort of with a fan base that each season might secretly harbour ambitions of, of, of title challenging, Jonathan. You know, this is a, a club that should be up there in the top half of the table at the very least. Uh, challenging for medals, really. So for them to be in this position where I think they've gone, they're not going to go at Budi to win. Um, they've won one away match all season. Budi have lost what, once at home all year um they're not good enough even a draw i don't think is good enough because i look at starbucks fixtures now when they've got Rosenborg at home might sound tough but Rosenborg are missing about 10 players and then um starbucks have got odd on the final game which odd by the way they could still get sucked into trouble if they're not careful um i think starbucks are going to finish in the playoff spot um i think they've just they've had two big home wins recently me and darlin have come up they've, they've battled really really hard but they've got two tough games as well they have got um volarenga and then the last game is against Buda Glimt. Again, we don't know. You know, maybe the title's done by then and maybe Buddha will be celebrating. But um it doesn't look good on paper for Muern either. But Bran, and I like, I just can't it's almost it's a real waste. Not to have them in the Elitis area it's a real waste, Jonathan. They're a good club, they're a big club, and they'll go down to Obos and I'm sure they'll smash that league or comfortably win it. But it was a real waste of a, of a, of a good club to, uh, for the I and mean, uh, We're going to miss them a little bit, I think.
0: Yeah, it's been a been an up and down season for Brown, hasn't it? Really, and that's not. We're not talking about the actions and that Christmas party um, <laughs> or the, the, the party they had, the, the famous party. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just looking down, you know, in terms of you know you mentioned there maybe them getting relegated. Just uh, congratulations to Ham Cam. Uh they've been promoted, uh, and also I think Arlesin have also seen their promotion, haven't they? And we've got. Uh, I think Jur, Frederikstad and Kfum and Sandal are, are the runners-up in those leagues. Um, so, I think there's a playoff involved, isn't there? But, um, yeah, well done to Ham and Arleson. Do you think they'll, they'll add something or is Brian just too big a loss?
1: From what I've heard, Hamkam are going to um, offer something different to the league. They've got 69 points, so they've won it by a good margin. Arleson, for me, are just the biggest yo-yo club around in Norway right now. Think of the likes of like West Broms and, and stuff. That's what they are. Can they finally establish themselves? They're not bad. They're all right, but it doesn't really fill me fill me with that much excitement seeing them back. Must mention the the relegation playoff, which is uh, involving Sturdle's Blink, friend of the podcast Tom Dent, who I had a great interview with a few weeks ago. They actually beat Arlison in the last game, one nil, to secure their place in the relegation playoff match. They're going to be playing a team called Hood over two legs, and the first match is. Uh, Wednesday this week, I do believe, and the second leg uh, on Saturday. So we wish Tom Denton Still Stirlpool's Blink all the best in that game. It would be um, a great achievement to survive.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Arlissan, are a bit of a yo-yo club. You could even call them West Bromwich Arlissan. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. You're good, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah but uh, no, massive good luck to Tom Dent. I hope hoping will stay up. And uh, yeah, if you're not listening to that episode... Don't forget to get, grab us on iTunes or Spotify. We'd love it if you'd give us a rating. Um, if you're on iTunes, you know, give us a five-star rating, maybe a review. That would be very nice. It's Christmas time, so, you know, maybe we deserve it. Uh, and, of course, you can, you can always support us on Patreon as well, patreon.com slash nordicfootballpodcast, if you want to do what uh, the, the AIK fans did and uh, to the Wehrberg uh, players and, and buy us a beer or something like that. But uh, before we wrap up this show, just one final uh, question. We've got a question, actually, from a listener, which we have to touch on on Twitter. At Nordic Foot Pod. Follow us there if you don't already. Uh, and it's a question from at Reed Tromso. And it's back to Glimt, of course. He says, Do you think, and obviously don't forget they had a good result in the uh, conference league as well, didn't they? And the week just gone, they look like they might even qualify. He says, Do you think a Buda title this year will be more, impre- actually more impressive for Knutsen? Kierkegaard Knutsen, their manager. Uh, didn't blow teams away like 2020, but they've lost their amazing front three. They've had injuries to key players, pressure to retain the title, European football. And they were no longer the surprise package for other teams to work out. Uh so really great question, actually, Reed Tromso. So thanks a lot for that at Reed Tromza. Um, thanks for that question. S- Steve, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh my answer, yes, I think it would be. He's absolutely right there, is um is at Reed Tromso. I mean Buda Glimps scored over hundred goals last season, Jonathan. That's pretty much halved. They've only scored 54 this year so if he had said to to me you know, are you gonna you could still win the league but you're gonna have to score half your goals effectively I mean, that, that's a tremendous achievement he's had to find different ways to win and he's relied more on defense this year the challenge of europe you know contracting those games that's not to be underestimated i think it has affected him recently to be honest i think you know the draw against hargersson maybe even the draw against Rosenborg, might just kind of affect him a little bit because of uh, europe but, um, you know, they're nearly there now. They're nearly over the line. Four more points. And if they do win the title by by that three-point margin or less, then it fundamentally that, that they, they would have won it thanks to that fantastic win at Moulder to 2 2-0 a few weeks ago, which at the time obviously was dubbed the title decider. I kind of played that down, didn't I? But got a feeling it's going to come. We look back and we look to that game and we think, yes, that's where, where it was won.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, it's a great question. Thanks a lot again for asking. I, I think Knutsen is, uh, I think he's a brilliant manager. To be honest, I, I, I won't forget that Roma game for a long, long time. The way they played, foot their football, um, really, really impressed. And of course, we've lost a Norwegian manager in, in uh, in England since we last uh, recorded. So well, obviously, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is no longer at Manchester United. So uh, who knows? Maybe Granik will identify Knutsen as the replacement at the end of the season. Who knows? But um, that'll be it for today. Uh we're gonna give Meat Man a rest because he's you know he's he's he soldier on nicely to get through this episode. Very solid effort, my friend, I've got to say. Uh a big shout out to you with your your sore throat and your chest. So I've got to say you've you you you've done well to get through this uh this episode. But we're made do... of tough stuff up Jonathan. We're made of before...
1: tough stuff.
0: Well, before I do let you go, have got one little thing I want to talk about, and that's all Svenskan fantasy. Now, anyone who's following us on uh on Twitter and join the fantasy league, the Norway Football Podcast Fantasy League just want to give it a quick mention because while there's been a title race going on in Sweden, there's also been a title race going on in the Nordic football podcast towers and it is going down to the last day of the season in 49th place with 1,697 points is JF football FC. That's my team. Uh not having the best of seasons, but I've made it into the top 50. I took my half the ball for a good number of weeks in the mid part of the season, which I always do and got, got, taken over by Meatman soccer in 45th place uh who with 1711 points so 14 point gap going into the last game of the season both of us have got one more chip to play this is going to be one for the ages it's going to be like malmo aik to be honest so uh is Meatman malmo gonna hang on or is aik jf we gonna sneak up from behind and and beat you on the last day of the season who knows I, i've i've made a monumental effort to catch you but um before we, obviously on that, before I ask you for your comment, I just want to read the top three as well. We've got uh, top three because there's, there's one game left now uh, in the title race for the Nordic Football Podcast League. And in third place, we've got James Donnelly uh, with a He's got 1,930 points. Decent effort, my friend. 72-point uh, round just now, so he's he's done well there, uh, taking over Gerard Lopez, Gerard Lopez Lozada, who's always up there. Uh, second place is Philip Christiansen with 1,951 points, 21 point gap uh, with, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name of that, this team, but anyway. Uh, and then top of the table with 1,960 points. So that's a nine point gap going into the final game is the Rat Pack at Nororts. I know he's an ARK fan. Uh, he's a regular sort of tweeter on, uh, on our Twitter account. So can he win the title? Um, who knows? But uh, good luck to those three at the top. I think it's probably between those three, unless... Gerardo Lopez comes out with some absolutely stunning round, really. Or Marcus Nilsson in fifth, FC Bonke. But, um, yeah, good luck to everyone in the last game of the season. And fingers crossed, can I take you over, Steve? I don't know. It's going to be a nervous one.
1: Well, I'd imagine there's quite a few chips hanging around uh, across the whole competition, really. Last round, you know. But um, if I pulled it off and actually beat you, this would be one of the biggest shocks in recent memory. Because, I mean, I'm usually, (laughs) I don't, I'm in the top 4,000. Overall, like for me, like that, that's Dizzy Heights. Like this is like Harrogate Town winning the championship, mate. <laughs> 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 like if I pull it off and and um, I, well beat you and also maintain my position in the top four thousand, I think um you know I would, I would have a great year. But it's all going to be on that attack, attack chip. That's the one we both have left, isn't
0: it? So uh... the thing is, I'm I'm kind of conflicted because if you beat me, then I feel like a proud father, you know, because I I feel like I've schooled you in the offense game enough that you can you know run on your own two feet now. But at the same time, if I do lose, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. If it I if season.
1: I beat you, but mate, it's because of one player, Johan Larson, who basically ran my shit the whole half the season. So. Yeah. So um, that's the day, day of the years. season.
0: It'll, yeah, it will be last day of the season. But if you haven't followed it, then offense game, fantasy.fencecan.se. It's too late to join now, but you can check out the league table. Um, there's a lot of listeners on there. I can see FPL Oakwell. He's in 18th. He's had a great season. And um, a few others as well. Heskibo in 12. So, yeah, it's been great. Thanks a lot to everyone who's joined it. Um, but we will be back next week. We'll recap what's happened in Sweden. Um, the title will be awarded this weekend. And we'll also recap the last game. Um, we'll look forward to the last game in Norway, of course. We're getting to that stage of the season. That's Christmas time. And the league is about to end. So, uh, Thanks a lot for joining us. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at jffootball F-U-T-B-O-L. And uh, where can we find you, Steve?
1: You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Meatman soccer.
0: There you go. And you can also check us out on our YouTube channel, uh, Nordic Football Podcast YouTube, uh, and also wherever you get your podcast. So thanks so much. Please do subscribe. Please do drop a comment or retweet it on Twitter. It just helps us get the word out there. But I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. Steve's off to get some Lemsip and I'm off to uh, check my fantasy team. Goodbye, and have a great week. Take care, everyone, and goodbye.